Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, I'd like to rewalk down the aisle to rushing water. Dumplings are a metaphor for life. And every girl deserves a fabulous closet montage once in her life. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television, the glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Hello. How are you? Happy Feminist Wednesday. Happy Feminist Wednesday. How's it going? Good. I'm excited for this episode because I feel like you've been looking forward to this for months. I was and am really excited about this movie. Yeah. Do we just need to get right into it? Yeah. Well, tell me. I know you had a weird viewing experience. (laughs) Such a weird experience. So tell me what happened. Because I also had an equally... I mean, I guess when you go to the movies by yourself, mm. things are going to be, you're going to be a little more observant, maybe, right, what's right. going on. So what happened to you? So movie passes on the fritz, as we're all aware. So I ended up going all the way to Brooklyn and then coming all the way into Manhattan because I couldn't get a free screening of it. <laughs> so it was like a little runaround right from the get-go. Uh-huh. That being said, I saw the f- movie and 15 minutes in, the projector just stopped working and the audio k- track kept going. So we were all just sitting in the dark, Listening to the movie? Listening to the movie that none of us have seen. And it was like while they were introducing all of the characters. So it was oh, like when they're on the no. plane and she's like, oh, yeah, your cousin so-and-so and your cousin this person. And like, oh, it was just such a drag. And nobody, yeah. it's the usual where nobody got up for a while. Oh, it was just such a drag. So we were all like sitting there waiting. And then, you know, the employees are straggling in being like, we've had some kind of power surge. You're all getting free stuff. Nobody came with the free stuff. So we're all we're just sitting there. Then we have a big like election happen where we're all trying to like figure out how many minutes we were into the movie. So it's like, were we 10 minutes in? Were we 15 minutes in? Raise your hand if you think it was 15 minutes. I'm like, can you oh, not check man. this? Took me like completely out of it. Not that this is like a hard hitting film that you really need Can to be Can I tell you that for. this happened to me at a screening once? <sighs> and it, the projector stopped three times. Kill me. And they said, they were like, Can you scrub it back to the proper place? Oh my God. I'm not kidding you, Diana. Uh, that being said, we finally got it going. So yeah, my crazy rich Asian so setting was like four and a so half wait, hours. So <laughs> wait, did you end up watching it the whole yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. They finally was got Umer it. Was Umer with you? Uh uh-uh. uh. It was just me. It's just me sitting in this room and being rom com. I will say though, I sat next to these two girls who were adorable, and they like were with every single film, every single moment of this film. They were like gasping, they were laughing, they were crying. They were like, I think Constance Wu was like their guide through this movie. She's great. Yeah. So it that made it worth it. Actually, can I ask you a question? Yeah. And then I have a story for you, but. Are, so when I go to the movies, especially when I go by myself, <laughs> I love popcorn, movie popcorn's the best. And I feel like when I go with Sal, we never get it. Mm. So it's like a treat. If I'm going alone, I'm getting movie popcorn. Mm-hmm. And then when you're sitting in the seats and like the movie starts, like nobody's eating popcorn. Do yeah. you ever notice this? If it's yeah. like a serious movie. Yeah. Like usually I know. I'm not going to like, you know, yeah. be munching on whatever. Um 
but I then I feel bad. Like, should I not be eating my pop, my twenty dollar popcorn? And then I have like an existential crisis about it. See, I'm kind of a psychopath in that I eat all of it during the credits. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I like to skip the credits. Oh my! God. I like to breeze in at least twenty minutes late. Oh, the previews. I mean, the previews. We mean the previews. Yeah, we know yeah, yeah. what we mean. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's a super serious movie and you're sitting there munching on popcorn, not well, great. sure. But if it's a comedy. If it's like, Mamma Mia, I feel like you can. If it's munch. Crazy Rich Asians, should I not be allowed no. when I'm alone in the Bronx theater by myself, no, like to watch? You can this? munch through Crazy Rich Asians. I don't know. I felt very judged. What? Yeah, tell I me did. more. I just, tell me what happened to you. That's it. That's all that happened. Oh my god, I did. But what my story for you was: I was in Buffalo once and was watching one of the Twilight movies. Heyo. When it came out, I think it was the second or the third or. And during the la- the finale, the last like 10 minutes of this movie, the projector cuts <gasps> out while Bella is running to Edwards through the scene of the- they're like in Italy and it dies. And I'm in a theater with a bunch of screaming girls who were like, what are we going to do? Yeah, was it just like the 12 year olds revolting? And they could not figure out how to put it back on its track. <laughs> and it was kind of amazing. Wow, wow, wow. Did they get it to happen? No, we never saw it. Oh I think they gave you like a free ticket for the next as screening or whatever. That's a compensation. I oh mean, and hadn't we all read the books, but still, we wanted to we see. We want to see it. You need to see it. Yeah, it was great. What if they change something? I what if they believe. alter it? What if Edward just looks like too dreamy to handle? You need these moments. Were you an Edward or a I was Jacob? not Twilight. They're just not in it at all? No. I ignored the whole thing. Mm. I was in Brad Pitt land at that point. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> I was Team Edward. I was going to ask. Of course. Really? Is Team Edward? Of, okay, we can't go into that right now. All right, back on Put track. Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Um, Crazy Rich Asians, initial thoughts. I loved it. Cool. I thought it was like the rom-com <laughs> we deserved this summer. I thought oh. the writing was great. I loved the cast. I loved the motherhood, mother-in-law dynamic. I loved the aspirational uh, wealth of the film, being in first class, doing the fashion montages, you know, seeing their, that person's wedding was like, like every, I was like, this is so fun. This is so light, but the story was good and I was into it. And I like, yeah, I thought it was great. I love that. I, it was so much better than I thought it was gonna be. I know, I you were that. nervous about oh, watching that trailer this trailer is garbage. That trailer is one of the worst trailers I think I've ever seen. Really? It's so cheesy compared to what this movie is, which is not cheesy at all. They did not go for any kind of cliche or any kind of, I mean, other than like the stuff that they have to play to. But like the trailer was so cookie cutter boring. And Mm. this film is anything but. It is like. Interesting. I am. I might go. I might say. I think this is one of the best films of the year because the trailer is so terrible and the movie is so good. You had low expectations. I had low expectations and they far I thought the trailer was, I mean, to be honest, I don't really remember it, but I thought it was fine. It didn't strike me one way or the other. Yeah, you were excited when we first saw it. Well, and I I do love Constance Wu. She is everything and she needs to be cast in every movie. Wow, wow, wow. She's amazing. She's a superstar. 100%. I love her. She was phenomenal in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for her. Um, the scenes with the mom, both Eleanor and Constance Wu's mom, were everything. Yeah. So beautiful. 
so so beautiful i loved um should we tell people what this movie is about start okay so the movie is about constance Wu plays rachel chu who basically (laughs) is dating her boyfriend nick who ends up being like the Prince Harry of Singapore. Mm -hmm. And she goes to a wedding and she's basically thrown into like his family dynamic. But his mother is very controlling and a little and manipulative. And you think. And basically the the story of the film, it's interesting because Nick is always on board for her. They never have any kind of problems. The story is about like, how do you become accepted into a family? How do you prove your worth and your value? And especially when you know, it's woman to woman. This it's it's a very interesting and then we see the layers of like the grandmother and, you know, how wealth plays a role into like the way that we're viewed and how we have to posture. Um yeah, and I love Constance Wu's mom. And, like, the disconnect of culture, too, of, like, trying to send her, you know, off in the red dress, you know, for to show, like, luck and prosperity. And, and just the disconnect between kind of the old and the new was mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. The old, the new, and the, you know, Chinese still living in China versus the Chinese American was also, like, such a interesting facet of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle Yeoh, who plays uh, Nick's mother elevated this movie to like such an incredible place yeah she's like a Meryl Streep she's a Meryl Streep the looks she would give were bone chilling yeah and I will say I did sit next to like a gay man and we did share it was funny like you know how you laugh at like a beat Mm -hmm. in like the theater or whatever him and I were on different wavelengths but we did agree on the mother and that was good Okay. <laughs> I appreciated the the man who was judging me as I'm chomping on my popcorn. Oh no. We were all there for the mother, so how could you not be? Yeah. Um the only thing that really did not work there's such a huge ensemble cast to this film. Yeah, yeah. Her cousin Astrid. I was just gonna say. Played by Gemma Chan. Who is stunning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about the... So the plot of her character is basically that she's the wealthy cousin. She's a bit of sort of a Serena Vanderwoodson. She's like the it girl. She's like the fashion icon. There's like a lot of... She's like a little celeb. And she's married to this guy who's not. And he has a huge problem with her wealth. And she's hiding it. And I thought their storyline... Did <sighs> not work at all. Wow. It I, was a mess. Yeah, They're like, like trying to sell this whole thing about her masculinity having to, oh my and how God. he's threatened by her success. She's like hiding things around the apartment because she has to hide the fact but, that she's buying $1.2 million earrings from her husband who I, isn't wealthy. Can I wealthy. say something that's controversial? Please. If you're, if you're, if you've established the narrative of your relationship to be where she's hiding who she is and she's hiding her wealth and she's hiding her family or her whatever. And then he does have this infidelity or whatever. It For her to take it upon herself to decide the rest of the narrative of their relationship felt very unfair to me to him. And I thought it was very, I don't know. I didn't like, I didn't like that it was supposed to be a girl power moment. And I was like, actually, I don't think this is like showing what marriage is. It, so that doesn't happen in the book. They changed that storyline quite a bit from how it goes down in the book. Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't read it. I was just reading up online to do some research for this episode. Um, but I guess in the book, oh, she the book. 
finds out that he's cheating on her and then she goes to Hong Kong to confront the mistress and the mistress is like, oh, we aren't sleeping together. Like he kind of made up the whole affair so that he would have a reason to divorce her essentially. Interesting. Which is like, <laughs> to me, it didn't work. Like we didn't have enough character development for them. She didn't have a character. Well, you, if you could- didn't know who Astrid was when you went in, which is me because I haven't read the book. She did not have a character. They didn't write anything for her. Well, you could tell her storyline. I don't want to say it was forced, but there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough time for her because there was a lot going on there, and we didn't. We like got a touch base every now and then. For sure, I feel like it was almost cameo in the way they did it because she's such a huge star. It's almost like they were relying on people just loving seeing her on screen as opposed to actually writing her any kind of content. Mm. It felt very thin. And then when they have the breakup right before the wedding, you're supposed to care for some reason. I know. And I was kind of like, oh, I thought, I mean, I was like, oh, I think they should have a conversation. Correct. I think they should like actually see what's going on and why they're both kind of in these weird spaces. And to me, that did not end a marriage. No. And also, I feel like she comes in with the grandmother to the the grandmother ends up the like wedding, being yeah. her date to the wedding because this guy ghosts. And I feel like we missed a really beautiful scene there of the grandma kind of taking her hand and like leading her into the space and making her feel comfortable. Like that could have been a really beautiful. Well, I think moment. everyone was shocked to see the grandma. So I think just having her presence there yeah. kind of spoke to that that she was going to stand by her. Yeah, but I would have liked the grandma to be like, hey, maybe you should talk to your husband and figure out what's going on here before you give some soliloquy about like how you're better than like this relationship, even though it's been serving you for however long. And didn't they have a kid together or no? Yeah, because at the end, he's like, (sighs) she's like, you will not see him when it's good for you. You will see him when it's good for him. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. What are we doing here? That was not great. That did not work for me at all. At all. Um, the other thing that I really need to like, maybe this is nitpicky, maybe this is like venting too much. Okay, here we go. I really needed a long shot of Constance Wu arriving at the wedding, a full length shot of her in that dress. We did not get one, and I was so confused as to why not. Interesting. We were supposed to have this dress be this huge thing, and she's right. like, it's Cinderella showing up at the ball, and it's uh-huh. supposed to be this big arrival. Yeah. She's cut off at the knees. Mm. I hear you. Where I didn't think about shot? that. Yeah, we need it. I was like having a meltdown. Maybe they didn't have an exterior because all of those shots were very tight of them outside. Yeah, they didn't have an exterior. Mm. They didn't have a lot of shots in the arrival scene. I do. Not I did know like how there. she was like, "You guys need to get out of my light, though." Okay, I bye. <laughs> I know. And her like owning and stepping up and being like, "I'm gonna fight for this." And she was like a little Kimmy K. She channeled the little Kimmy Oh, I loved it. I was here for it. And I loved her, the outfit that they chose and her little crystal. What are these things called? A tiara? Yeah. Yeah. She's actually got to wear a tiara. It's fantastic. Just enough. Just enough. And that wedding was so cool. I needed more. I wanted more. I wanted to be like visually overwhelmed by the wedding. Like I uh-huh. wanted it to be almost like, you know how the Sex in the City movie kind of like visually overwhelmed you with when New York? In Dubai? Yeah, with, when they're in Dubai, but also in the first one when they're in New York, and it's like these big. I was getting that. You got that? I yeah. did not get that. When she's walking down the aisle and it floods with water and she dips her like gold feet in it, I was like, yes! Amazing! <sighs> all right. Oh my God, and they've all got those little lanterns, like they're on lily pads. Here for it. 
I just hate wedding shit. So also, <laughs> you hate what? Wedding shit. Well, you're you're in it. You're not gonna be able to appreciate it for a I while. I was just like, I don't care about this. Yeah. Also, <laughs> what did you think of the bachelor parties? Um, I never. I don't. Okay. I don't really know where to start with this because my feeling in this film, my overwhelming feeling is I never got the crazy rich aspect of it. What? I know. I never so felt. So you don't think that when these guys took private helicopters to a chopper to which they owned. I know. That they were throwing a party on. On an oil rig or something. On a yeah, barge. Yeah. What, what, what is happening? Yeah. It just never. Maybe it's because I found them all so tacky, but <laughs> I feel like I just never got a hit of like glamour mm. to the hilt. I just never got had like the Carrie Bradshaw, like her stepping out in like that beautiful floral cocktail dress in the Sex and the City movie when they're all walking down the street together. Like it's just so glamorous and so beautiful. And this movie for me was not, it never got to that level Even for me. Even when where they're I, at the house? Um, nothing? Not. Really, I feel like the cars, the outfits. I know it was there was great fashion in this film. I know it was all there. I feel like I was being told. I felt like I was being told, "Look how rich everybody is," as Mm -hmm. opposed to me being like, "Wow, these people are super rich." It was like a little too much telling instead of showing, in my opinion. Mm. Hot take. I don't agree. I definitely. They never did anything to me that was like, "Wow." Like, these people are, like, wealthy beyond all means. Well, I wonder if we're also, like, a little bit oversaturated in our culture with, like, the aspirational gleam of, like, the world. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe you're a little numb to it. I feel like I'm a little numb to it. Yeah. That might be it. That might be it, but I don't know. I, I just feel like a big opulent wedding wasn't, like, that impressive. I don't know. It just, it never got to a place to me where I was like, wow, this is some money. Hmm. That's just maybe my, that just maybe me. Maybe I'm missing it. Who knows? Who knows? I think you're def, you were definitely a little hard on it for yeah. sure. I mean, the girls go to their private island. They have their little weird shopping spree. They're like, they have their spas and whatever. I mean, and those things aren't like, oh my God, you'd never gone to a spa before. But it was, I think, I've never been on a private island. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have. So that's maybe why I'm just so jaded about, no, I'm just kidding. What did you think about the bachelor and bachelorette parties? Um, I thought it was really interesting. I loved that they had that one woman who was kind of befriending her. And basically... Nick's ex. Yeah, basically Constance Wu was kind of thrown into this she-wolf pack of having to go on this bachelorette party. And then she gets... Everybody's talking about her. You know, fair enough. And she gets somebody who's befriending her and then all of a sudden like kind of turns the dagger and it's like, oh, I'm his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, I thought that was a good reveal because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't expecting it. I thought the dead fish was mad aggressive and I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. And then I love that Astrid and her had that moment together where she was able to kind of find somebody in that craziness. Yeah. And that she didn't say anything and like, her kind of understanding how to handle his fame in a way was yeah. really interesting. Yeah. And I liked it. I liked that too. And I thought, I liked also that the guys were kind of like, this bachelor party is awful <coughs> and we got to get out of here. And like, this is, I think the masculine trope of like, that you want to be at a strip club and blah, blah, blah. Like, I liked that they were like, this isn't in alignment. 
Totally. And the actor, whose name I've written down, who's in Silicon Valley, um, Jimmy O. Yang, is hysterical. He's like the crazy one. Yeah. Um, and it was great to see him in this. He was so good. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, Nico Santos was also amazing in this sh- in this movie. Do you watch Superstore? I do not. Can you get? You I know I need to it. do it. Is it on Hulu? Yes. Okay, I will watch it. All three it. seasons. He was like hysterical. Diana, this show is a delight. Okay, you know what? I'm he working wasn't, on it. Do you do know that in that show, they had written it to be like a, uh, how do I describe the character? Like a hetero, straight, kind of like a gangstery. Um, I don't know. Like, like a bro? Yes, like a bro, like a machismo bro. Like and a Guido? He, yes, yes, thank you. Okay. And he read this part and he's like, oh, it's a bitchy queen. <laughs> and that's how he served the role. And they're like, oh, we were wrong about this. Love it. Yeah. I need to watch it, clearly. It's so good. So is he just this in? Yes. Okay, Correct. that's his character. In Same Superstar. person. Okay, great. Yep. I'm yep, on board. Yep, yep. I'm on board. Except he, it's to America Ferrera. Oh, no, they're friends. He oh. takes care of her. Oh my god! I thought you meant like it's too America for <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, He's bitchy to like the customers mean? and like okay, whatever. All right, cool. I no, love no, it. no. He is the same person. Well, it's clearly, great. I need to start watching it. It's such a good show. Um, do you have any other notes? <sighs> well, I'm real thin on the ground for this one because I feel like it was about, so uneven for me. We have to talk about the mahjong scene. Okay. You have any thoughts here? Well, my grandma had mahjong tiles, but I didn't know that's what they were. So when I was watching this scene, <laughs> wait a minute, what? When I was watching the scene, I was like, oh, that's what those are. I mean, I'm sure I, knew. I don't have any. Okay, go ahead. They added wait, that I'm scene. Confused. You knew your grandmother played some kind of tile game? Yeah. And you didn't know what it what Correct. it was? Yeah. Never thought to ask. Just loved the tiles. Interesting. That scene was added to the movie. It's not in the book. <gasps> Yeah, I did read that. I don't know why I guessed. <laughs> I appreciate it. I read it. a whole scene like throwdown because there was so much symbolism in it. And I was like, I don't understand any of this. And I got to get into it. When she's like, when you're playing in your yard with your grandkid and you look at Nick and how happy he is, you're welcome. Yeah. Because you only have it because of me. Bada bing, bada boom. And then to have her mom get up and give her that dead ass look like, don't mess with my daughter. Yeah, it was so good. It was wow. I'm getting goosebumps just sitting here. That was an epic fucking scene. Correct. And the symbolism in it was like layers and layers and layers, and like you know her choosing to sit in the west seat and the like. It's a whole thing about like even the tiles that they chose and the narrative. Oh my god, that was such a great scene. Yeah, super powerful. (sighs) <sighs> loved it. Yeah, it was great. And then I loved him at the end with her ring and we got it all. That was very confusing to me. What What about it? That he proposes with the family ring at the end of the day? It's, it's, it was her mom's, it was his mom's ring. Yeah. It was a nod to say she's approved and cool. she's passed. <laughs> <If you're- laughs> Diana, you're in a hateful wedding mood. No. Yes, you are. I might be. Um, I think you are hazed by this picture. I just, I just think it like that shouldn't be the payoff. I wanted it to be a little bit more like just about them and just about like him loving her so much that it's like we don't need a ring. Yeah, we but don't he, need the. Yeah, but he already proposed to her and said, "I give I up everything for no, you." No, I know. No, I know. I just think that it's like we replace that diamond for like a bigger emerald, and it's like it's this not about the ring, Diana. No, it's not about, it's about the her ring. being accepted into his family. Okay. 
and having her mom finally see her as a worthy wife and like having totally. her want to accept that right, and be right, there right. for that. Right, right. The ring has nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. No, I get that. I get Although that. That was a beautiful emerald. Um, Speaking of the ending, mm-hmm. what do we want to see for Crazy Rich Asians 2 and 3? Oh, man. I feel like you, like, what if you could order something up for, let's start with Crazy Rich Asians 2, Crazy Rich Girlfriend. What do we hope to see? What's a Crazy Rich Girlfriend? That's the next, that's the next book. <gasps> Fun. Yeah. A Girlfriend's flick. Can we do well, that? Well, so what happens what is on? Constance Wu goes to back to China to find her dad, <gasps> who is a huge mogul. And so, the like, Eleanor is now on board because she's like, oh, this girl uh, has found me. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so it uh-huh. kind of becomes, I was reading about it online. It just sounds so convoluted and insane that I was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to have to watch the movie. But uh-huh. I guess she goes back. Okay. So finds her dad. <coughs> Interesting. Oh, I like that. I liked the scene of her and her mom, too, and him calling the mom and being like, you should go check on her. Yeah. That was great. What do you hope happens? <laughs> um, like, what I do you know. want more of in terms Let's of? See. Well, it sounds like you need more opulence. I need way more opulence. We need to wow Diana. Yeah, people. I need some wealth. People. Well, maybe having the wedding stuff be moved aside and having it be a father daughter will be more on your maybe. wavelength. Yeah, maybe I'm just not worried. I mean, I'd love right to. Now. The cast was so good in this. So ensemble. Everyone was just hitting it out of the park. I felt like I, her, even her friend, whose name I can't remember, in Singapore. Aquafina? Was that her name? Yeah. She was, was that her name? <laughs> um, her outfits were everything. I didn't really notice. Diana, I know, man. You got to go back, maybe. <laughs> maybe you need to. Ha- you need to like go it through your so ceremony. It was so for me that I wasn't. I was never. And maybe it was the projector stuff. I was so. I wasn't in it. You I was just never in this movie. We were texting about it earlier today. Excuse me? Yeah. What? <laughs> he was like, he posted on Instagram. He's like, this was such a great movie. Like, had such low expectations. What a great rom-com. Oh and God. I was like, absolutely well, maybe loved should have been your co-host today. I mean, he liked it. Um, I guess you guys didn't talk about it, but. This is the first completely Asian cast. In 25 years. Incorrect. Memoirs of a Geisha in 2005. Really? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was My before that. My was wrong. I just have to say the representation in this is incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can talk about this movie without talking about representation. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I also I, love that I kept expecting to see a white person and then didn't see them. I was like, this was great. Wasn't that the best? Yeah. When she gets on the plane back to the America at the end and you see that one white guy trying to get his bag into the overhead bin, you're like, oh, my God. It's weird to see a white man on screen right now. Interesting. I didn't Such notice him. You noticed the weirdest things in this well, movie, Diana. I, Where I, were I, you? I'm not in a good place. Uh. Um, so <laughs> I will say, I will say for the next one, uh, I hope that they pay them all a lot of money. Oh yeah, I'm sure. One of the guys was only paid like 200 grand. The guy really? who plays the they made a billion for this bad boy. Yeah, 79 million North America and 86 million worldwide. Incredible. And it's their keep. It's only the second week it's been out, right? Third week. They're, s- they're no still idea. cashing it in. Yeah. No, it's great. And I think that what I mean, what I would obviously like to see for the next one is 
stuff I'm not going to get because this is blockbuster rom-com territory. So well, what do you want to see? Shoot for the stars. I want it to be like a little bit darker. I feel like it got like to places with the mom and with like the yeah. acceptance and the masculine feminine and like the critiques. Even with about, the wealth at the wedding when it turned on her. Yeah. Just when like the grandma turned on her. How ugly all these people are. Like how yeah. money. I mean, it's <laughs> the usual, but just like there are things in life that we are told to aspire to and there are things in life we are told to covet and we're told to work toward or marry into or be a part of. And what's so great about the Constance Wu character is she never betrays herself. She's mm. very self-assured and she's very... But she plays the game. But she plays the game. Yeah. And that's why she's a great... That's why she's a great lead. That's why it's a great story with her. So I'm excited to see uh, more of Constance Wu just doing exactly what she did in this first one because I loved watching her. And I thought I'm so excited to see more with like her and Michelle Yeoh Michelle, and, you know, more from Gemma Chan because I would love to see Astrid be like a bigger character next time as opposed to this like weird ghost cameo character. For sure. Maybe the two of them go and find the dad. I have no idea. And obviously she's going to have him walk her down the aisle. Obviously. <laughs> no, I feel like she gets married without her dad. Really? At the beginning of the second book. Fans, you need to write it. Betty's, if you're a fan, like you need to tell us I if mean, we're they completely could rewrite the ending. Who knows? Yeah, let's just rewrite it. Let's just do it all. I mean, she doesn't need him to walk if he hasn't been in her life. That's I my guess, feeling. I guess that's her decision really to make. Into it. Into it. Any last words, final thoughts? Um, Let me look at my notes quickly. Pull up the notes. Um, I have to also give such a shout out to Lisa Liu, who played the grandmother. Amazing. She was really great. Amazing. Although when she turned on her at the end, I was quite distraught. <laughs> we didn't see that coming at all. I didn't. What? She tells you. <laughs> that she's sneaky? Yeah. She says on the staircase, like, I wasn't good enough for her, and that's why you're never going to be good enough for me. Yeah. Boom. Hmm. Um, and final thoughts, feelings, emotions. No, I mean, I thought it was really fun. I'd love to see more aspirational, I think, like you said. Um, I'd love to see Constance Wu and Astrid work on their relationship, friendship. I don't know. I liked the women in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I liked everything about it. I'm excited that they're going to make more. I think it's going to be great. Nico, I hope, continues to make amazing cameos. Um, he's such a star. I don't know. Really this like is Henry Golding's first movie what? ever. Period. Yes. Henry, congratulations. He was a travel host before this. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I love that. That's very cool. I'm going to have to deep dive on him. Yep. Well, that's, that's it. There's nothing to deep dive. <laughs> I mean, his story, where he came from, what goes on. Ooh. I want to know it all. All right. Into it. Amazing. Well, thanks, Diana, for spending Feminist Wednesday. Betty's, if you have thoughts, feelings, emotions, you want unsolicited advice, you need us to watch a show for you, you can email us at beavertalkpodcast at gmail.com. Kent, thank you for having us in your humble studio. Thanks, everyone. All right. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Bye. Hey guys, I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm Philip Cassell. And we're here from The, the Bitch, Bitch Seat, the podcast. It's an interview show where we talk to guests about the horrible and beautiful parts of their youth. We like to think of it as an adult talk show and tell. A grown-up show and tell. There you go. Like that. So for a teaser, 
Here's some magnetic poetry that I wrote on my fridge when I was 12. Hit it, Phil. Dreams of whispered music felt snow white and lathered me in delirious symphonies. The ache within is black and bitter. A thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly. I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds. You were 12? Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. Tune in. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!